1: we've got a new sponsor that we'd love for you to support it's snooze mattress and SnoozeSleep.com. their snooze flip is the most universal mattress on the planet it's a mattress designed to fit every body it's the world's first four in one mattress one that allows you to choose soft firm cool or cozy flip it to choose your comfort level and zip it with a reversible and washable temperature regulated cover Now, when you use code DNVR, when you visit snoosleep.com, you'll receive $250 off a mattress and $250 off an adjustable base when using code DNVR. That's your first pitch. Now let's play ball. Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by Strava Craft Coffee. Strava CBD coffee is infused with CBD and CBG. And is gonna have you feeling as great as I've been as of late. It's not gonna give you those coffee jitters if you want three or four cups a day and can help even with chronic headaches, joint pains, and so much more. Now, when you go to StravaCraftCoffee.com, you can get 25% off your first purchase when you use promo code DMVR25. I am your host, Patrick Lyons, and joining me today is a very good friend of mine that hasn't had on the show in quite some time. Glad to welcome back. From Mile High Sports, you know him on Twitter, at Media by AP. It's Anilapiro. What's up, buddy? How we doing, man? Did you make it? Was the dust storm going through
0: up north? I woke up this morning. It was crazy, the weather outside, dude. How, how Are things good with
1: you? It's always howling in, in northern yeah. Colorado. It's, it's rough. There was a little sprinkling of snow on the ground, and then two minutes later, it pretty much had melted yeah. into water. Gotta but it, it. it's good we need the we need the hydration and one thing that you and i both need and now now looking at the screen right now for anyone watching live if not if you've downloaded the podcast on Thursday morning make sure you go back and like share and subscribe to the YouTube channel DnBR sports but the one thing we both need is a haircut now you've got a hat on today yeah, so you're BDJ. hiding all of that lettuce and i so i got to know first question off the bat i'm hitting hard and you all you got to know this your friend that's that's, that's fine but i got to hit you with the hard questions when are you planning on getting a haircut?
0: You know, I honestly go back and forth because I honestly really want to grow my hair out. And I like, I was letting it flow all like, yeah. not as long as you, but like my brother's hair is probably close to as long as yours. And I'm like, okay, like it looks pretty good on him. But then I kind of come back and I'm like, you know, if I want to be able to, you know, maybe have a career in TV or do something where I've got to be on camera, like I don't, like I don't want to look, you know, with like the long hair ragged kind of style. So I always go back and forth. Like I let it grow out and then I shave it or not shave it, but you know, I trim it down a little business casual look. I'll probably give myself, I'll probably give a fresh cut for the new year. Like I'll probably ride this wave through the new year sometime early January. I'll probably, you know, little freshen up, but I will say I'm inclined to keep it longer as it gets colder. Like I hate when like you get the haircut, you know, in the winter time it's buzz and then you're just freezing. And I get cold easily, being from California, the worst type of person I know. Um, but it's just I don't know. I think I'll probably give it a couple more weeks, man. We got a couple guys here at the studio. One of them's trying to like he started with a buzz. He's trying to grow it like all the way down to here now. So see how that plays out for him too.
1: It's possible. It I this is the third time I've had my hair this long. And the first two times Cut it off after uh, it grew to be over ten inches, so I could donate it to Locks of Love. So I'll be nice, doing that nice, again this time. You. But it's an endeavor that could take a good three, three and a half years, and so I'm about two yep. years in now on this one. Pretty much the entirety of the pandemic. So we'll uh, see it, how dude. long it gets. The, there's you, diminishing returns now at this point because now it's just crazy long, and another year's worth of growth is just going to look pretty minimal at this point if they made a
0: sequel to days and confuse are you have the perfect, perfect aesthetic for that. Like you've got the whole vibe. Like I could see you pulling up convertible seventies, you know, doing what you got to do back in the day. I, I, I love, you know, a little band shirt, maybe an Aerosmith shirt on you. have You've got the good aesthetic going. I
1: love the mustache too, dude. That thing is strong. Yeah, man.
0: I yeah, love I got
1: it. Squ- squint my eyes a little bit more. Yeah. And I try to be there as laid go. back as, as I can be. And, Love Look, it, dude. You're you're on every day, three to four, uh, 98.1 on mile high sports radio, covering all the sports, letting people know who to bet on. Could you have possibly made the right bet this year when it came to the Colorado Rockies? Because I think, you know, how they fared in 2021 was a bit of a surprise, wouldn't you say?
0: Yeah, absolutely. If I'm remembering correctly, 63 and a half, I believe was their win total. And I slammed the over on that, you know, my yeah. producer, Andrew here at the station, he's as big of a, honestly probably a bigger baseball fan than I am. And you know, that that is such low hanging fruit for a team that's going to play a hundred. And I mean, there's 162 games in the season. You're telling me they can't win 64 of them. Um, and, and just knowing division, just knowing that, you know, you don't have to sweep all the time, right. You're looking to get one, two of three every now and again. I mean, this the ebbs and flow of the season, is just so insane. And what's the old saying? Like, you know, you're always going to win 60 games. You're going to lose 60 games. And it's what you do with the rest, you know, that's going to kind of dictate your season. It just, it's, you're going to win and lose by, you know, the virtue of the game. So, um, you know, that was the one bet that I, and I had to give myself some confidence too, you know, like I'm I'm a natural optimist. Like I hate being pessimistic as, you know, that's kind of the state of the vibe right now with the organization, but I was like, all right, 63 and a half, get some good energy, get some good vibes, root for some wins, obviously nothing too crazy. And it's low-hanging fruit. They were like the lowest win total by far in baseball last year. So uh, two thumbs up for that bet. Yeah, we did a good job on that.
1: Yeah, they started April and you began to think, uh uh-oh, this might not be a great bet. But they normalized, right, both at home, not winning quite as much at least in the final month of the season, but all throughout the summer, they were dominant at Coors Field. And then on the road is really where they struggled. But it was all about that starting rotation, that yep. the bats, again, the offense, and we'll, we'll get to what they need to do to improve that offense for the rest of this offseason. But the starting rotation was just good enough to ensure that they were able to you know win 74 games this year. Pitching matters, you know, and and that's
0: the thing is we always know the Rockies are going to be able to hit. You know, there's obviously some of the complexities that come with playing at Coors Field as well. And I mean, you know, I've covered them, what, five, six seasons now. And that was some really solid, consistent starting pitching. You know, whether it was from Marquez, Antonio Sanzatella, John Gray has really settled in over the last couple of seasons as well. And I think it makes you kind of realize like, hey, like you got Buddy Black, who's, you know, a pretty good manager, obviously a pitcher himself, former pitcher. Um, you know, if you can kind of crack that code of learning how to manage the home and away splits from a pitching perspective, I mean, that's the key to consistent success, in my opinion. The hitting is going to be there. You're going to be able to figure that out. Um, and, you know, the league is as a whole tends to struggle with hitting at times where pitching is starting to dominate. So um, if there's any sign for encouragement and optimism, it's the fact that the Rockies seem to be figuring out, you know, a little path here of how to get some good, consistent starting pitching.
1: And they seem to think that this group that they have is – you know, going to be okay. Going to take steps some some steps forward right. next year. They've made some off season moves, where really they've just signed up a couple guys to extensions. Chassine was a free agent, right. brought him back. C.J. Crone wasn't technically a free agent yet; they signed him right after the end of the regular season. And Senzatella and Diaz get extended past uh, club control uh, in the next year or two. So those guys are all going to be back for three to five years. So it's $80.25 million that new GM Bill Schmidt has spent. That's the question of the day right now. Is that enough to move the needle and possibly get them into the postseason right now for there being only five teams in the postseason?
0: Yeah, I I mean, unfortunately, I just think the reality of the situation is the Rockies in postseason are, you know, kind of a yeah, you can't really put those two things in the same sentence from a realistic perspective, and I think there's some nice elements to the Rockies. And like we said, the pitching was nice, uh, the hitting has been okay, and you know they weren't nearly as bad as people thought they were going to be last year. And I think you know they've got some. Building blocks, you know, like they—they—they've got no one earth-shattering right now, right? I mean, we don't know what's going to happen with Trevor St- Trevor Story. Obviously, he's kind of their big marquee player. Charlie blackman's on the back nine, and the pitching's the pitching, but they don't really have anyone that's going to blow you away. But they've got solid players that I think can amount to a pretty solid team that can be competitive. I mean, we're talking, you know, right around that seventy-five-ish mark, be competitive, close to five hundred. Um, and I think that's all dependent on the pitching, right? But I think that they've spent. I don't want to say smart. I mean, I like the moves that they've made, but the Rockies are one of those organizations that will always spend within their means. You know, they'll go get who they want to get as long as the stars will align, right? And I think there's nothing surprising about these moves. I think the moves that they have made are kind of par for the course. Um, but I do think that they're moves that are going to keep this organization relatively stable. And I mean, hopefully you're able to kind of build off some momentum that you were able to establish last year. I mean, not the best season in the world, but, you know, there there's some some pieces there, right. That I think, you know, maybe you get some good pitching, maybe you can start to draft and develop the analytics, get up and maybe a couple years down the line, you know, guys that are used to playing at Coors field, maybe you got something here, but um, yeah, unfortunately I, I just don't think you could talk about the Rockies in the postseason right now.
1: Yeah. I, I think you're absolutely right. It, it... Maybe hard to even do that should they continue to make some more offseason transactions but as you said they they like to play within their means right and the organization has come out and said you know next offseason they'll really start to get the payroll back up to where it was around 17 18 19 and so they should take a step forward this year they did offer john gray some money that he didn't accept uh, as he went to the texas rangers so that money you could say hey that's that's some free cash that you can go out and spend where would you like for them to spend what could be you know upwards of 20 million dollars we don't know what the exact figure is going to be because they did spend this off season not all of it was for the 2022 year and so you know they they may want to spin that story of hey we spent 80 million dollars granted a majority of that is 2023 and beyond
0: right yeah no and it's a great question and just looking at where they're at like trevor story like i know there was some you know speculation that maybe they try to retain him or want to try to retain him and that just makes no sense um and obviously with the lockout going on that that's obviously going to become increasingly difficult um and, and it's almost in a way like i'm not sure if like, i would say pitching like you know starting pitching relief pitching some of the guys that are out there but we all know that unfortunately by playing in colorado it seems like you've got to pay a premium to get these guys over here right and it seems like the, the candidates that are likely to sign in Colorado are guys that are, you know, on their second or third contract, right. You know, the guy who's on his first big deal, isn't going to look to come to a place where the odds are stacked against them. Right. Um, so I, I think I'm not trying to say that this, this coming season is going to be a wash, but like we said, we, they have some building blocks and you need to focus on your drafting, your developing, your trading, build up that farm system because you've got Zach Veen, you've got some exciting players that can maybe kind of catalyst you and, you know, pull you here into the future is just, there's not a lot of moves that this team can make right now that will make them immediately better. That I think makes them a playoff caliber team. Like, you know, I, I, like the Chris Bryant rumor, like, what does that accomplish? Like, I understand that he's from Las Vegas and Las Vegas and Denver aren't too far away from each other, but like, what does that do for the Rockies? Get a few extra butts in the seat for the first three months of the year? Like, and yeah, like maybe you've got a marquee name that you can market around, but from X's and O's and winning baseball perspective, like, I just, it's a gimmick. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that would be a gimmick move in my opinion. So I, I would say refine refine the bullpen. Keep adding into your bullpen. Get some starting pitchers, especially now that you're going to lose John Gray. And really just try to prove to yourself that you can play at Coors Field, play at Altitude, and then set yourself up for next offseason like you alluded to. And maybe, hey, you're a 75-80 win team. Maybe people look at you on the cusp. Colorado's an attractive place to live. Maybe that's how you can get the big fish free agent.
1: Yeah, Chris Bryant, I think, is probably out of their price range. But if they go and spend some of that money that they're talking about spending and got two guys, like a Kyle Schwarber and a right. Jorge Soler, you say, all right, well, those two guys in the middle of the lineup does make the Rockies a bit more attractive or a bit more appealing as a postseason club. But even still, they would have to go out and do it. You know, Signing right. two big bats right in the middle of the lineup doesn't guarantee, okay, those are the final pieces that they need. Those are the pieces that they need to be a little bit more relevant but it's still not necessarily enough with the X's and O's and the lineups uh, to to guarantee that, you know what, they're going to be a postseason contender. It increases the odds, but it just still might not move the needle enough in 2022.
0: And, I mean, we all know, we talked about how the Rockies like to stay within their means and whatnot. And, I mean, look at the national perspective of this team. Like, I remember, like, after the Bridget situation, I believe it's Mark Carrig. Um, of the Athletic, who's a very well-respected writer, uh, Ken Rosenthal said the same thing. That like the general vibe around this team is like, what the hell is going on? Like like the national perspective on the Rockies is like, everyone is over here. The Rockies are like here, like living in their own little world. And I think to become relevant again, not be looked at as a laughing stock, not be looked at as a joke. You know, I think that's something that you can take a look at here for the Rockies is, you know, kind of a stepping stone here because the way the brighton situation played out, the way the Arenado contract played out, not getting anything for John Gray, you know, the Trevor Story situation as well. You know, these are things that don't look, don't reflect well in your organization from a public perception, um, you know, so it, it's just going to be interesting because I think they have to try to win over the baseball public of like, hey we're not inept. Like we know what we're doing. We're going to spend money. We're going to spend it the right way. We want to try to build up a winner because I think their reputation to a degree is not tarnished, but they're looked at as kind of like like what are you? Like you know, like what what are you like the odd man out in a way. So I think that should also be an objective of this coming season.
1: Yeah, the reputation has taken a hit. And you know, at altitude, the Rockies do need to operate differently than other teams. That being said, there are things that they're not doing or they are doing that are within their control that as you said anilo right are not really within the industry standards. Like you have Arenado, you've got Gray, you've got Story with those three guys, if you wanted to rebuild and trade all three of them away, you could bring back a pretty, pretty penny. And yep. Hey, the haul for Arenado still remains to be seen. You know it's off to a good start with Gomber, and of course we've seen harris Montero light it up down in Double A AA and Triple A this past season. But between Gray and Story to only get that compensation pick, it is of course you know a bit of a disappointment. I don't
0: get that. It, it just seems elementary. Like, and I'm not trying to like degrade the Rockies. Like, there's a lot of smart people that work in that industry. Yeah. But to not trade John Gray knowing that this was a pot, you know, my analysis of the John Gray situation is I think the Rockies wanted to almost call his bluff and say, all right, like, we know you like Colorado. We know that your family's kind of settled. here. like, go find a better offer and see if you want to take it. Right. And I think John Gray got that better offer from an organization in the Rangers who aren't the best team in the world, but it's just one of those things where it seemed like there was at one point, you know, a pretty strong desire from John Gray. to want to try to stay here, you know, and I, I've covered John Gray. I know you've been around him. One of the nicest guys you could be around. I don't see John Gray, like, refusing a deal if it's a fair shake in his opinion and to his agent's opinion. I don't know the details of how that all kind of played out. but And now you're sitting here kind of with your hands empty, and you're talking about a guy that, look, maybe he didn't live up to the hype of being an ace, but turned into an excellent, consistent 2-3 starting pitcher for you um, who could bring the heat. And now you're going to be without that, and you're not going to really get anything for it when there is a system in place designed for organizations to recoup some sort of assets for this like that's just a like i said when it comes to reearning your legitimacy in the eyes of the public that's like what are we doing here guys
1: yeah i th- i think the rockies were i'm not going to say they were duped by john gray but i definitely think there's an element of them really wanting to believe and you know he made certain overtures to the organization about him wanting to stay right. and not not being traded and so i think they they erred on the side of doing right by their guy rather than doing right by their entire organization and their entire fan base, and you thought, yeah, there's there's a window, there was a way that you could have gotten something done and locked him up for the future. But if you don't, the consequences, you know, are going to be long-lasting going forward. And so you kind of you have to balance that. You have to put on your big boy pants and say, uh, all right, we've yeah. got to make more of a business decision, and frankly, we we do need to trade you or pony up the money that that's going to possibly be an overpay but i'll tell you this one thing that's that's not an overpay is your experience when you hang out at the dnvr bar on the corner of colfax new york especially if you're coming to hang out during happy hour from 3 to 6 p.m with drink specials appetizer discounts if you're a member of the dnvr.com now just 50 cents for your first month you get access to all kinds of things including a bigger beer when you're at the bar we've got tailgates going on this sunday against the Bengals at 10 a.m come down to the bar you can take a shuttle over to 18th and federal and get all you can eat sexy pizza and breckenridge brewery all you can drink on the breck brew you can't beat it with your membership to the dnvr.com and as i said breckenridge brewery they're the official beer of dnvr and they're the official seltzer the hard seltzer of dnvr as well it's a good company hard seltzer the cool thing that i like that they've been doing is donating a part of their profits to the national parks conservation association which helps prevent forest fires we did a little bit better this year than in the past which is saying a lot since you know we've, it's been a little dry and you know, we just talked about the fact that hey we finally got some moisture we got some condensation that's good but we can't always rely on that so we need folks like the National Parks Conservation Association to help out with that. And people like Breckenridge Brewery to help with the donations as well. Manscaped, listen up, fellas. Got to talk to you about it. In this episode of DNVR Rockies is brought to you by our favorite producers of beard trimmers, quote unquote, beard trimmers. The global leaders in below-the-waist grooming are leaving 2021 with new products, right? Get clean and refreshed for the new year with their new ultra-premium body wash also special offer alert use the code dnvr for 20 percent off and free shipping at manscaped.com four million men already trust manscaped it's time for you to join them so anil the john gray deals four years 56 million does that seem like an overpay to you or typically market for uh, essentially a number three starter with possible number two upside and frustratingly number four downside when he's off his game
0: I think it's market value, you know, and I I really don't think there's anything shocking about that deal, which I think from the Rockies perspective, just objectively sitting here like this is a guy that figured out how to pitch at Coors Field. got comfortable pitching at Coors Field like that is I value that a lot more than bringing somebody off the street for maybe a few million dollars less. Right. Someone that's been there and done that, shown a consistent ability to do it. And, you know, the Rangers are getting a pretty good pitcher. And I, I do think it depends on market for John Gray. Um, I think Texas is a good spot for him. Like, I know the Mets were involved. I think uh, the Yankees were also lingered. Like he would crumble in that market. Like knowing him the way that we do, I think you can agree with me. Like one bad start, the fans start chirping, say a prayer for John Gray. Like, like seriously. And I love him. Great guy. But like, that is not the market for him. He needed a place like a Colorado or like a Texas where, Hey, you know, baseball people enjoy it, but it's not like a live and die type of situation. Um. Obviously, the Rangers are kind of on the up and up with their massive offseason. They spent like a what, like a half a billion dollars, something like that, this offseason. Like they're absolutely insane with the money they've been handing out. So, I think it's a market. I think it's a fair market deal, and I think the Rockies are maybe going to regret it, to be honest, because like you got to spend money. Like I mean, like that's the thing is, in a sport where there's no salary cap, like there's nothing earth shattering about that deal. And knowing that you already have Ramon Marquez locked up, knowing that you already have Antonio Santella Gomber as well, like that's your third or fourth horseman. Like we said, like pitching, I think, in my opinion, is going to be the backbone of this team moving forward. Like, I, I don't get it. I just don't.
1: It's a bit frustrating, of course, to say the least. And you, as you mentioned earlier with Chris Bryant, hey, he's only 11 hours from Las Vegas to Denver. 11 <laughs> hours is a that long drive. time. Yeah, that's a long drive. Uh, it's a short flight. But the thing I think lost in the shuffle is John Gray, from where he's from in, in Chandler, Oklahoma, is like three and a three-and-a-half-hour drive from Arlington. So – yeah. That kind of was that was kind of right there under our noses, you know, the entire time. You talked about Jeff Breidich and how you know things really fell apart under his leadership in his place. The interim GM, Bill Schmidt, becomes the full-time GM. Is it too early to really put a grade on him? Do you were you happy with that decision? A, and then B, how do you like what Bill Schmidt has done so far for a first time general manager?
0: Another par for the course move from the Rockies, and I do think it's kind of, you know a little early to judge him completely. I think he said some of the right things. Um, You know, I I kind of like the tone that he's taken just from a neutral perspective as well. Um, But we talked about the John Gray decision, like what are we doing there? You know, like he's been, I mean, this is a guy that's been involved with the organization for a long, almost two decades, I believe, if not already two decades. So like, it's not like this is a new fresh start for him. Maybe it's a new role, but I mean, he's very familiar with how this organization works internally. I just think it's discouraging, like not trying to, like I said, the jury's still out on him. I think it's discouraging to see the Rockies look themselves in the mirror and still not look externally from the organization, because this is, and I've said it on my show. I've told everyone that when I talk about the Rockies, like the unfortunate reality, of the situation for the Rocky fan is this is a team that plays to get lucky. This is a team that is not, at least in their history, in my opinion, has not tried to field consistent winners, you know, year after year, right? They have, they go on these little runs. 07 to 09, uh 17 to 18, right. You get those little two year bloops, but then it's like, Oh, Okay, then the, you know the bottom kind of falls out. And I think if you want to change your trajectories of franchise, if you want to try to be consistently successful, if you want to try to win in that manner, then external had to be an option on the table. And it just seemed like the Rockies came to this decision rather quickly. and it really just felt like after they you know put Bill Schmidt in this role after getting rid of Jeff Bright, it's like you really like if I could have bet on it, will, will be, will be, will be, will, ugh, let me talk. Will, will Bill Schmidt be the long-term general manager for this team, I would have said 100% yes, just knowing their history. And here's the other thing that I'll say about the Rockies front office and their whole situation as a whole as it regards to Bill Schmidt. The Rockies are a strong general manager away from being consistently good because Jeff. it's not like they don't spend money. Like, there was a minute there where they were spending good money, they just didn't spend it in the right way, and there was no ability for them to double dip, right, recoup. It's like, okay, we tried, now let's pull back the curtain and wait a few years, right? You have an owner in Dick Monfort who's willing to open up the playbook a little bit. If you have the right guy to plug in and play those pieces, I think you have something here, because it's not about Monfort's inability to spend, it's just spending it the right way. And like I said, the jury's still out, if you can get the big player, if you can get the pitcher's, Let's see what he can do, but from an optics perspective, it's about as uninspiring of a hire as you could possibly have for the Rockies.
1: Optically speaking, everything you know that fell apart with Jeff Breidich, you think, oh, this guy was a complete failure during his time in Colorado, but touching on your point about, hey, they're one GM away for doing something big, I think, to a degree, they were able to do something big, with Jeff Breitich at Mm -hmm. the start of his tenure. Obviously he totally missed the ball with the free agent signings, you know, nearly 200 million dollars wasted away on five relievers. Don't forget Chad Qualls and Jason Mott. Uh (laughs) we know about Ian Desmond's deal. Right. So that was that was a big piece. But you know he got he got Dick to to spend a little bit more money. And I and I think the needle was moved a little bit. It's just to see, to show that, Hey, there's, there's some capabilities here. And with the right person in charge, the Rockies could have something. And if they really had played their cards a little bit better, that window, instead of just being 17 and 18, and we did see it in 19 as well up through about the all-star break that they were contenders, but really they could have had it so much longer. If they had managed the Arenado situation. And so, you know, that is definitely something hopeful is that they're, they're, they're one GM away, the right GM away from having something. And, it's still too soon, you're right, to really gauge what Bill Schmidt has done so far. Some good, some bad. Nothing amazing, nothing awful. And we'll kind of wait to see if he's the one that has the magic bullet, so to speak. Although, right. you're right, an external candidate, I think, was the way to go. Because that's what was discussed at the beginning of this when when Breidich ended up stepping away was, yeah, you're right, we do need something from the outside to mix it up. It's kind of like you know, in, in, in baseball, you have a player's manager and then you have a, you know, sort of a front office, you know, hard ass, if you, if you would, and you kind of got to go back and forth to mix and match. And, you know, they, they went internally uh, in back-to-back general managers here.
0: Yeah. And it's like, what's the definition of insanity doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. And I mean, we've literally never seen an external candidate try to lead this team, try to steer this ship. And like, that's the thing is it, it's I keep using the term par for the course, but like this is just Dick Montfort's MO. And I'm not we don't have to go down this rabbit hole. But the other reason why they're able to do this is because there's a zillion butts in the seats, right? I mean, they, they are one of the best drawing teams in all of Major League Baseball. They're a regional team, so they have a zillion fans in Wyoming, a zillion fans in the Dakotas, people in Utah, people in Nebraska. And I mean, this is also my bitter Met fan coming out at me because I've seen, you know, what public that, that how that outcome how that oh, will get. Yeah, it's just – it's frustrating because the Rockies are a first-rate organization in everything but playing baseball. They've got a great stadium, fantastic location, great fans. Um, everything is you know reasonably priced, cool logo, only team that wears purple as a primary color. Like there's a lot to like about the Colorado Rockies. It's like let's just put these pieces together and give this city a winner. And like that's just where my frustration stems from, like looking at this team as a whole is like you've got everything you want to be a superpower potentially – in baseball and have some good pull and, and be a really good franchise. It just hasn't
1: come together yet. It is coming together for ball aerospace and technology because right now they are hiring on the front lines of their aluminum can production process. They're also practicing diversity and inclusion for years. They're looking for external candidates. Yes, they are looking for external candidates They They allow you to be free of your authentic self, uh, no matter who you are, no matter what your background is, whether you're from New Jersey, like me, or from California, like Anilo it doesn't matter it's not going to prevent you from being successful there right now they're looking for people who have technical mechanical skills to help them manufacture aluminum cans and bottles which they've been doing for a long time that's why they're an iconic brand so text Golden to 77222 to get linked to open positions. You can also go directly to jobs.ball.com and search for Golden. That's jobs.ball.com and search for Golden or simply text Golden to 77222. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, has an offer every football fan should jump on. New customers can bet just $1 on either NFL team to score. And when they do, you win $100 in free bets. It's that easy and rewarding. DraftKings customers can also get skin in the game with new same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. And best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code DNVR new customers can bet just $1 on either NFL team to score. And if they do, you win $100 in free bets. That's promo code DNVR this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Now the first step to good health is taking care of your mouth. It's true. It's really true. And the folks at Green Mountain Dental Group have been pivotal in keeping those of us at DNVR in great shape. Same is true for our DNBR listeners who've switched to Green Mountain Dental Group over the years to make them their permanent family dentist. Schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam, and you're going to receive a free Sonicare toothbrush from Green Mountain Dental Group, located only 15 minutes from downtown Denver. Well, Anilo, you're, you're again, as a big baseball guy, we'll get to the Mets stuff in a, bit, in, in a minute, but... I know you might not want to. I'm sorry. I'm going to put you on the spot. No, no, you're good. No,
0: I love. It's just, hey, man, it's a sickness rooting for that team. It really is.
1: (laughs) Hall of Fame, Todd Helton. You know, you got to see him play, and 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 you've you know been in this town for quite some time. And this is the time of year where you you look at those numbers and you reflect. And you know, we understand the whole Coors Field conversation, and and people on the coasts may not quite as much. What's your stance on Todd Helton's? basically his uh his potential for getting into the hall of fame here
0: you know i i do think he has a good chance and i think you know i, I don't have it in, uh, in front of me but i believe his number his percentages have increased slightly over the years i know it's kind of trending in the right direction and we've seen players that like i hate the hall of fame process sometimes like we, we saw tim rains for like a decade just being held hostage until he finally got in you know in his last year of eligibility and unfortunately i think um todd helton might be a similar type of candidate in this sense like you can't dispute the numbers and I hate the fact that you have to use Coors Field against him like obviously like you know he signed here in free agency extensions the whole nine and it's like you, you can't hold that against him in my opinion and I mean the numbers speak for themselves and I think what he meant to the team from a leadership perspective as well and I, I think I am looking at this a little bit more from a Rocky's perspective too of like it's 1A 1B with Larry Walker and Todd Helton but I, I still think Larry Walker is before my time but like when I think of Mr. Rocky I'm still thinking of Todd Helton like you know, like that's just the person who comes to mind for me of like someone who represented the organization thoroughly. You know, you still have the image of him raising his glove, you know, after they clinched the uh, NLCS there to go to the World Series in '07. Like, you know, he's got the beard, the facial hair. You know, he just kind of he fits the whole persona of the organization and. He put up a lot of great numbers, you know, a very versatile player and and did some sustain for a sustainable amount of time. You know, it's not like it was a three or four year flash in the pan. This is a guy who did it for, you know, a, a pretty extended period of time here and, and did it well. And, you know, for a long time was the one consistent aspect of the Rockies, whether they were good or bad, right? Losing holiday, getting cargo. Todd Helton was still the kind of guy to, you know, bridge the gap and keep this team somewhat stable. So um obviously i'm a little bit biased i'm a little bit of a homer and knowing that larry walker is the only person in from the organization i think that it there's nobody else at least right now that you can make a stronger case for than todd helton maybe when matt holiday's day comes up but you know he accomplished what he accomplished in st louis so you, you know you're not sure how that's gonna go so um you know i got my fingers crossed for todd Helton, man i think he's a deserving candidate absolutely and i think he'd represent the franchise extremely well
1: if you saw todd helton play if you know your baseball history and you know that there are metrics out there that can factor in what right. Coors Field does as a benefit. If you look at all of those things, Todd Hilton is a Hall of Famer. He might 100%. not be a 98th percentile Hall of Famer, first ballot guy, but he's going to be one nonetheless. Now, last year in voting, he got just under 45%. And with Gil Hodges getting in recently with uh, one of the Golden Era committees, that now meant, every player who had ever gotten 50% or higher on a BBWAA ballot was in the hall of fame. Now, granted that doesn't mean if, if Helton goes above 50% this year, he'll get in by the end of his 10 years. It just means at some point he'll get in. And I think, you know, once some of these steroid guys start to move away, either getting in or just falling off the ballot, I think that's going to help change the conversation a little bit. And that's, that's, where I also wanted to jump off and get your thoughts on the the two guys that are at the pinnacle of this in their 10th year of bonds and Clemens. What, what are your thoughts on, on those two guys? Should they be in, should they be banned? It's it's, it's a very charged question because it also opens the doors to that next generation of the David Ortiz and Alex Rodriguez. But if we're just talking bonds and Clemens, what's been your take on those guys?
0: It's tough, dude. And like, I've my opinion has flip flopped a little bit over the years. I don't like the fact that they did what they did, but no. it's not like they were the only one. So it's like, why are we going to hold it against like, you know, to a degree? Like, that's kind of my, my school of thought of like, okay, like, yeah, they were juicing, but you know, so were a lot of people. And obviously, it's an enhancer. And like, they were just, you know, I, I, I and they were good players before. Like, and that's the unfortunate part is like Barry Bonds was a hall of fame player before For, it, it is mind boggling. I mean, Roger Clemens pitched against the 86 Mets and then the 2000 Mets in the world series, you know, and probably, you know, maybe some of the steroids, you know, helping some longevity and recovery time and the whole mind, you know, and in their case, they seem like hall of fame caliber players before the back, like a rod's a little different, like obviously a complete natural talent, but we saw, you know, the ups and the downs and his apex, like it's kind of hard to tell David Ortiz, the same thing, right? We saw him kind of fizzle out in Minnesota. How how did he just get back on track in, in Boston? I love Big Poppy, one of my favorite players of all time. But I think with because you're right, it sets a precedent, you know, and like if you let them in, then A Rod and Ortiz and all these guys are gonna be knocking on the door saying, Okay, they're in, I'm in, right? I mean the numbers are indisputable. Ugh,
1: gosh. I'll say this there's a line of demarcation and it becomes hard because yeah. it's a domino effect. You go, know, if you let the first group in, the second group's gonna come. Right. Even if you even if you draw a line in the sand, because you go, yeah, but there's also those similarities. There's there's an overlap. And so for me, there's there's a line of demarcation for when the league banned the use of PEDs. And, That's fair. And testing didn't make its way into the majors until 2004. And of course, the penalties aren't what they are today. And right. so if you look at everything that happened before 2004, even including the Mitchell report, which was supposed to be this anonymous test that went right. and that information wasn't supposed to go out. Yeah, we know what we know now, uh, just like Clemens and Bonds never tested positive for steroid right. performance right. enhancing drugs. But we know that you know they were using those things. So I think if you draw the line there, it still becomes blurry. It still becomes blurry, but at least that kind of helps the conversation yes. move along to say these guys should be in. It's a bit nefarious, but you know what? I think we understand the bigger picture of what was going on at baseball at the time, and yep. these weren't just some rogue people. It's it's like the Astros. If they were rogue, they right. would have been banned, right? I don't think they would have absolved the entire organization and shut down operations in Houston, but there would have been a lot more suspensions, but it was because they weren't operating on their own it was they were at the head of, right. the, of the iceberg right there was a lot more going on around the league
0: and I think you like we said like you look at those players and I don't think that their success or at least all of it was a product of their use like you look at Sammy Sosa you look at Mark McGuire and it's like okay like you know I think you got to chalk up a fair amount of their success to the juice they were taking right and I think that's the difference here it sets a pre- and look at A-Rod too like I remember there was a report that came out a few years ago like he was going in between innings like half innings he would go like chew on something that would help give him a boost for his next at bat like that is insane like that is a different level at least from my interpretation of what these two guys did i, I lean towards putting them in and if that means you've got to put an asterisk on it or maybe they're not allowed to wear a certain team's hat or they're put like you know like maybe there's some sort of maybe they're not allowed to attend their own ceremonies like you know maybe it's it's more of an i think you have to acknowledge the game's greats and in history just in life like not everything's gonna be spotless and like you said, like they – it was this new thing that baseball didn't put a real clamp on until around right around, right around 2004. And because, like, it's like I don't – it's unfortunate because if you put them in, then, I like you said, it opens up the case for these other guys as well, and so be it. But I do think there has to be some sort of acknowledgement of, like, yes, we're putting them in, but, yes, this was also kind of a strange period for the game where this was happening. You know, I, I do think there has to be some sort of acknowledgement. I don't think it's fair to everybody else to just group them together. I really
1: don't. Three guys that are on the ballot that are on the cusp. They're certainly in the Hall of Very Good. They may make it to the Hall of Fame that I want to point. I've got four guys. I'll save the fourth one for last. But Scott Rowland, Andrew Jones, Mm -hmm. Jeff Kent, Rapid Fire. What's what's your take on those guys? They're in the conversation. Right. But do they get in? Should they be? And are they in Anilo's Hall of Fame? It's a good question.
0: And like, I have a soft spot for all those guys. That you just listen, like the players that I grew up watching, like Jeff Kent with the, I know he made his bones with the giants, but I remember him on the Dodgers with LaDuca, Sean green and Adrian Beltre. Like those were the teams that I grew up watching. He
1: was with the Mets uh, too. Don't yeah, forget that. No, and I, I won't, rem- I, I won't forget that, but, um,
0: I just, like, when I think, when you say those names, I don't think all-time greatness. I think really good players. I think solid players that had really good runs, consistency the whole nine. But, like, I do think that there has to be some, like, to me, when I think Hall of Fame, I think awe-inspiring. And I'm, like, all of those guys, like, and, yeah, I was a little young when they were still playing as well. But, like, where where are the jaw-dropping moments across the board? Like, I don't know, like that's kind of where I look at it, and it's like when I when I think of Hall of Fame, I want the heavy hitters, like and I I'm not trying to say you cut out the fringe guys, but like, is Jeff Kent a Hall, Hall of Fame caliber player? Probably. Can you make these cases? Absolutely. I mean, you mentioned we see their percentages as well, but there's the lack of. Uh, I don't want to say the lack of, but like they're not. There's not that awe that kind of comes with it. I think you kind of acknowledge it, but you're not like. It seems like a little bit more shallow. I feel like you know where where's the storybook style of play with these guys. That's where I look at it. But again, I'm an optimist. I like putting people in, but I do think that there's got to be a line drawn of like, okay, like you are unique in and of its own right, right?
1: We know our we know our upper echelon. We know the all time greats. Where when you hear the name, everything shuts down and you go. Well, I got about 10 minutes I need to talk to you about that guy. You might not necessarily do that with Andrew Jones and Roland and Ken. Fourth guy on the list that I think you're in favor of putting him in. And this is another guy that gets overlooked. I mean, his role in and of itself gets overlooked. Billy Wagner.
0: A legend. An absolute (laughs) legend. I watched him when he was with the Phillies. And then I remember when I was a kid, my dad was like, we signed Billy Wagner. And that was a whole nine. And that's the thing is I think the art of closing is a little bit different as well. And obviously you've got the Hoffmans of the world, obviously Mariano Rivera, the greatest of all time. And I think you look at Billy Wagner and what he's able to accomplish and just the increase in pressure. You know, it's almost like being a kicker in the NFL. It's like sometimes maybe you overlook it, but it's like, yeah, it's only three outs or maybe six outs on a rare occasion that you've got to get. But like that can erase Eight innings worth of work, you know, it can erase everything that's been going on in the game, and I think that there's some high pressure in that one. But again, though, I guess the other thing is, I think Billy Wagner had some really good moments, did it for a minute of time, but like when you've got the other guys who have kind of set that bar of Mo and Hoffman and some of these other guys, like you, you're always kind of looking down on guys like Wagner because of that, because of how dominant some of these other guys were. I think his numbers are there, though. I'm curious to see how his percentages shake out. Um, that is someone because of his specialty that I would absolutely want to see, you know, really get some heavy consideration if you put it.
1: Yeah. Wagner's in his seventh year right now, did get a couple percentage points higher than Todd Helton. So he's also trending in the right Right. direction and looking good. All right. Before we let you go talking about your New York Mets, how do you like their off season so far? Three big position players. And of course, Max Scherzer coming to Queens. You're, you're, you're grimacing, you're grunting. (laughs) They're just,
0: (laughs) <laughs> Ugh. I'm so excited. Like I know it doesn't seem that way, but it's like I've – they've never done anything in my life outside of that run to 15, in 15 and like 06.
1: Out of was, nowhere. Yeah. Out of like, nowhere in 15.
0: That was like actually the year I started sports media. But like that was – quick story. Like my first ever thing in, in sports media is I started a blog on my phone um about the Mets and I wrote an article like five reasons why the 2015 New York Mets will have a successful season and lo and behold they end up going on this World Series run but like so like that was like my first little introduction was just like blogging about the Mets um and it's just like I'm used to the heartbreak like that's the thing is like I look at Max Scherzer and as excited as I am like I really am thrilled like he he is the one pitcher that like has really been a thorn in my side that I wish I could root for because I love watching him play but I'm like you're gonna pay this guy 40 million dollars at the age of 37. Like, this is the mo- as much as I'm a believer in his ability to keep it consistent, I'm like, him not working out would be the most Mets thing of all time. You pair that with the uncertainty of Jacob DeGrom's injury right now as well, and I'm like, on paper, this team is electric. Like, you know, and I still also worry about the offense. I like it. I'm just cautiously optimistic. I'm not going to let myself build myself up just to be crushed in the end because it could be a possibility. I will say this, though. I'll feel a lot better once we get Buck Showalter as our skipper. That's the guy I want.
1: That was going to be my next one. What, Let's go. Who you wanted? So you you want Buck? He's he's ready for the old school, the bright lights. It's not his first go round. It's what I want. He's a little old school. Yeah, I,
0: and it's just like you know he built the Yankees teams up back in the '90s, only to get kicked to the side for Joe Torrey. You know he was an integral in that. Did a decent job in Baltimore, and I I just think like talking about John Gray, how he wouldn't succeed in New York. Like Buck Showalter has that persona, that charisma, and I I just. Look, I know that there's questions about his analytics. How is that going to bode with him being a little bit more traditional? Like, and I put a heavy emphasis in analytics myself, but like sometimes, like, there's a reason I love Terry Collins. Like, I like a guy that could connect with the clubhouse, and like that's the thing that I feel like lacked in Luis Rojas, and that's one thing the Rockies even have in, in Buddy Black as someone who can marry the two together, personable with his players. Like, I think you get some of that in Buck Showalter, where you get you get some cachet, right? It's not. Ju- and let me let me say this too. I do not want Carlos Beltran. I do not. So I, I I don't think he's one of the finalists for the managerial position. Uh, I do not want Beltran. I want someone with experience. I know the Tampa Bay bench coach was also uh, Rubert. I think the Dodgers first bench coach as well. I'd be okay if they hire them, but let's go. Let's push our chips all in. Let's get Buck Showalter a ring as well. You know, he's a baseball lifer. I love the prospect of bringing in Buck Showalter, and it seems like it's a job that he
1: wants. And they haven't had a vet in a while. You know, the last two with yeah. uh, Luis Rojas and, and Carlos Beltran for about three weeks. Uh, and and Mickey Calloway even before oh, him. Oh God! And so they're they're Remember bringing in some of these these veteran people, and you know the the GM Billy Epler. There's some questions if he'll even be around very long. Like this is just a one year type situation before they get their guy. Maybe Theo Epstein is the one that ends up coming in. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Uh, I can see there. So yeah, things are working out. So so really, Stephen A. Cohen is he right now? And again, it's it's still early. Much like with Bill Schmidt is he just uh, a less effective george steinbrenner at this point
0: yeah i honestly think it's a fair way to put it like I, i'm on and like honestly i'm very confident in his ability to write the ship i mean from a pure money perspective i mean he's got more money than he knows what to do with and he's a met fan so he's going to figure it out eventually i will say this like i like a lot about him i don't like when he like just randomly tweets about stuff like i'm just like come on man Not like yeah i'm like let's just put our head down and go to work you know let's do it the right way like i, I just. I feel like sometimes there's, like, a smartest guy in the room vibe, which is obviously going to come with the territory when you're a gazillionaire and you just bought the New York Mets for $3 billion or whatever it was. Um, but it's, like, it's the same thing with – I'm unfortunately a Cowboy fan, right? And, like, America's team, the whole nine, like, all these teams. I'm like, shut up. Prove everybody wrong. Don't talk about it put your head down, make the signings. And I think the Scherzer signing is a big step in that direction of like, Hey, we can get the big fish. You know, we're going to, we're going to dip into some scary numbers, you know, Hey Dodgers, you want to start paying 40 million a year to keep your guy. We'll do it as well. And I think that's going to put some pressure on some of these big market teams. So he's the guy there. There's, I mean, and also anything was better than the Wilpons if we're just calling a spade a spade. So I, I think he's the guy. I just, let's get out of this honeymoon phase. And I think it, it is coming out of it. It's like, yes, he, if you win, you're gonna be this celebrity, but you're not there yet. Like, let's get this team where they need to be.
1: This sures a deal, very pivotal, Huge. as you said. Just gotta hold your breath and hope that he's as worth it as he was in the nationals. Probably the best free agent contract ever signed. He was worth every penny. Last piece, give me a date. When does the lockout end?
0: Oh god.
1: And I mean, and I hope it ends in 2022. We're just gonna go ahead and assume and, that.
0: And and that's the thing, is like that's a tough assumption. Like it, it just seems like this players' union. And Manfred is so uninspiring too. like that, that memo he put out, like it just it's smart talk. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, where is the personality? Where is the compassion? Right. Like that? It, it just like he's a lawyer, Like you know, like I mean, it's, it's, it's complete lawyer jargon and it's fine. I'm not optimistic for this man. And it's so sad because like the Mets signed Scherzer, you know, the Rockies hopefully are going to be trending in the right direction. But it seems like the players union is Pissed from how the last CBA deal went down, and they are not going to budge. And that's scary to me because it seems like Manfred is the kind of guy with his education, his experience, he's the kind of guy that is not going to budge either. I mean, the reason they were able to get that smoke show of a deal the first time around is because Manfred knows what he's doing in negotiations and labor unions and the whole nine. Like that is his specialty. So I'm not overly optimistic. But I do think when money starts to get tight and we get like, like just like the sixty game season, right? There was like oh, for hundred games, eighty games, and then you finally got down to it, and we're like, we got to get a plan together. Sixty games, it is. I think you'll see something hopefully come to fruition. February, like late February, maybe. I know the winter meetings are over and done with. That's not happening. Um, but I just think. Both sides are going to stare as long as they can before they have to blink. That's kind of my thought process. It it really wouldn't be surprising if they didn't play. Like I hate that thought. It wouldn't surprise me at all. But I think that you're going to see this goalpost get moved as far down the line as possible until one side is forced to blink. I, you know, I hope. I don't know what the players' union is 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 essentially looking to accomplish, but you you got to figure this thing out because baseball players are able to make a gazillion dollars. And I know it's more so the top percentages of that. You've got to figure out the middle. But you, you got to figure this thing out because this is a sport that is already losing relevancy in the eyes of the general public, I think. And not having your product out there on the field is only going to cripple you even more. I mean, Look at the NHL. We've seen hockey, I think, rise in popularity, right. at least in my personal life with their ESPN deal. I think more people are watching hockey than ever. And, you know, for a long time, it was right. Football, basketball, baseball, hockey, I think, in the general sense, like baseball's got to figure this thing out, man. They, they got some idea. Uh, they got an identity crisis on their hand. That's for sure.
1: Yeah, they can't keep kicking the can down the road. They've got to get something done. And we got to let you go here. Next time we'll have you on, we'll talk a little bit about baseball cards, NFTs. I know you're you're, you're getting into that world, man. So that's exciting. Go ahead and plug anything you want. I'll let people know that on Twitter, you're at Media by AP. And from 3 to 4 p.m. on 98.1 Mile High Sports Radio. Anything else they should be looking out for for you today? That's the main stuff. I just, i um, trying to
0: cover sports from a local perspective, using a little bit of a betting twist on the show. So yeah, as you said, three to four every afternoon, and then I write a full NFL betting primer as well. So uh, if you go to my every Friday evening, so Saturday, Sunday, I basically write about every single football game from a betting perspective. I have a podcast that goes along with it as well. So my big thing is like, I'm a big fan of sports betting. It's legal. Now I know there's probably plenty of people out there that are kind of like, Hey, it's legal, but I don't know how to do it. Like I want to bring sports betting to the common sports fan digestible simple we're not going crazy let's have a good time with it but um yeah that's kind of what's going on in my world man
1: i can remember talking with you about this exact topic back when we were allowed in the clubhouses in 20 right. way so. back when uh, I definitely, definitely got to bump that. That's fantastic, Anilo. Thanks so much again for joining us. Follow us over at, at DNVR underscore Rockies on Twitter. I'm at Patrick D. Lyons on Twitter. And again, the DNVR.com. It's only 50 cents for your first month or an annual subscription. Gets you a free shirt at DNVR Locker. So for DNVR Sports, he's Anilo Pirro. I'm Patrick Lyons. Thanks for tuning in to the DNVR Rockies podcast. The first step to good health is taking care of your mouth. It's true. And the folks at Green Mountain Dental Group have been pivotal in keeping those of us at DNVR in great shape. Same is true for our DNVR listeners who've switched to Green Mountain Dental Group over the years to make them their permanent family dentist. They're the best damn family-owned dentist in the metro area, and they're extreme Colorado sports fans just like all of us. Schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam today, and you'll receive a free Sonicare toothbrush. Green Mountain Dental Group only 15 minutes from downtown Denver.